0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. My name is Adam Homie, I'm your host, and I'm so honored by your wise decision to tune in and join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. They can be entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners, we have marketing and business coaches, we have the folks who help others build their businesses, your assistants, your strategists, your designers, and on the other side of that coin, we have the do it or would love to have your own hands on the levers as you grow your own business and manage your own marketing. If you are one or more of the above, please explore episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how we and our guest experts help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show or click the banner in the right-hand column of our website. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators like you. Make sure to subscribe. There are over 100 episodes already on tap, and fresh content is added every single week. Now, here at my business, HelpMyWebsiteSell.com, one of the primary things we do for our entrepreneur clients is we help them manage their book launches. So I am always excited to have with us guests who help people create their books, to write their books, to find that book inside of them and get it out. And I'm very happy for that reason and very excited to be interviewing Janet Baer. Who is the founder of Author Impact Publishing? Just to tell you a little bit about Jan, she helps professionals and entrepreneurs build their authority and gain more clients by writing books. Whether you think of yourself as a writer or not, Jan knows that you have the knowledge and experience that can help your clients and attract the respect you deserve. That's something that I certainly believe in. But you need to show it. And what Jan does is helps you become the author of a quality print book or ebook in just a few hours of your time. That is a real book of professional quality with your words and ideas, a book you'll be proud to give to your clients and prospects, a book that will open doors for you such as professional contacts, speaking engagements, and media exposure. Jan has been following the publishing industry closely since the 1990s and has been helping authors develop book marketing plans and build websites for authors for the past seven years. A lifelong writer, Jan was a newspaper editor for nearly 20 years and with all that, Jan, welcome aboard.
1: Hi, Ann. It's good to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what we like to do here at the Business Creators Radio Show is before we get into things, because we have a lot to cover today, and I know you're going to reveal some priceless gems for our audience, what I'd like to do is just sort of take a step back. For those of our listeners who haven't had a chance to get to know you yet, and just find out what it is that brought you to where you are today. And I'm not... Necessarily referring to her official bio, but just what was that journey and what were some of the moments that brought you to what you do these days?
1: Well, you know, you covered the official bio really well, but what has, and I've worked with authors, and these are people who think of themselves as writers, and I love these people, but I got to looking around and I realized that a lot of people who don't think of themselves as writers have important things to say and valuable things to share with their clients and with people around them. But because they hate to write, because somebody's told them they don't know how to write, or because they just don't have the time, they are missing out on the value that can come to them. And their people, their audience, are missing out on the value they can give. And it struck me that, I can help these people go from the book that's in their head to a book that's in their hand that they can, you can use to build their businesses.
0: You know, I agree with you. There are way too many people out there who have all of their brilliance inside their own mind, but they have not brought that out and put it on a paper or on a computer screen. There are so many entrepreneurs who are listening today, who will be listening to this in the future, who are working so hard, doing everything that seems to be right, making what seem to be all the right moves, and they're only moving forward incrementally in their business. Meanwhile, in the market space, they're getting blown out of the water by somebody who just six months ago was trying to hit them up for a cup of coffee so they could pick their mind. Funny how that happens. Because I've studied that
1: phenomenon, funny how how that
0: happens. Because of that, we have that phenomenon, and I look at all these upstarts and flashes in the pan that just kind of go right around these people that only six months ago they were begging for a half hour of their time just to pick their brain and basically get free coaching out of them. Is in almost all these cases that so-called upstart wrote and published a book and launched a book.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know the publishing industry has changed so much over the last 20 years that it is a totally different world. Um, back when I started exploring it, if you had a self-published book, you were just worse than nobody. Right. But now with self-publishing, you can honestly rule the market. And for, um, for an entrepreneur, self-publishing is really the way to go. Number one, you don't have to wait a year, two years, five years, to find an agent and get it published and get it out. You can, you can publish a book, well, I mean, you can publish a book tomorrow if you wanted right. to. It probably wouldn't be a great book, but that is, that's the speed that it works. So you don't have to waste a lot of time waiting for other people to do their stuff. The second thing is, as a self-published author, you own the process. Which is all the risks and the profits, just like in your business. And so, you know, you set the, you choose the cover, you choose the designer, and you put it out in a way that makes sense to you. Um, you still need a professional cover. You still need professional editing. And if you want somebody to help you get those things, that's possible. But you still own the process. And the final thing is. As a a traditionally published author, your publisher buys your copyright from you or rents it, you know, depending on how you want to look at that. And then they make money by how many copies you sell. As a self-published author who's an entrepreneur (coughs) or, um, or a professional of some kind, You own the process as far as how you make your money from it. And although there are entrepreneurs who who sell a lot of books and it helps them build, um, build credibility for their book, in reality, you don't have to sell a single book for it to build your business.
0: Great, great. Well, I'd like to come back to some of these things in just a moment. You make very valid points. I love what you have to say about the evolution of the publishing industry and the evolution of the book industry. And, yeah, I've been around just long enough where I remember that if you had a self-published book, you were basically a joke. It's like, well, anybody can go self-publish your book. But notice how the world has changed where now it's changed from, well, anybody can self-publish a book to every, anybody can self-publish a book. Just the intonation change that that goes behind that. Now, before we get deep into what we're going to cover today, because just based on the fact I haven't even asked you a single question yet, and you've already shared so much value with us, uh, there is one thing that we do with every single one of our guests here at Business Creators Radio Show. And our avid listeners who tune in every week, and I thank all of you guys, can probably hear the drumbeat in the background. And here it is. (laughs) Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that we share that they need to do except for time and money. Now, as I said, this is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show. And What I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question gets interpreted. So Jan, how do time and money play a role or have an impact on this whole idea of becoming an author? Well,
1: you know, um, probably the same impact in everything else. You trade time for money right. or you trade money for time. You know, you can do, you can do this whole process from beginning to end and have a really successful thing. Um, and I could name off some authors who have done that. Mostly they're in, the, um, they're in the fiction area, but not at all. So there's that. On the other hand, if you're already running a business and you are up to your neck in work, you can pay somebody else to do some of these incremental activities that you don't have the expertise for um, and do what's essential, what's your essential input in the process. And so you can pick and choose that all the way up and down the line. For example, if the professional I'm talking to happens to be a book designer, and she wants to design her own cover, well, that makes total sense. Um, if somebody is, is maybe a lawyer and, um, and understands uh, the publishing industry really well, then maybe it makes sense to do that part of it. So, so there's that. If somebody just really loves to write, then by all means, set aside the time and sit down and do the writing. But if you don't have time to learn all of that stuff, and there's a lot of learning to do in it, if you don't have time to learn all that stuff, you can find somebody else to do it for you. And as far as finding a book designer, um, you want to make sure that somebody who knows what needs to be done finds the book designer. Because I've run across people who spent a lot of money on really ineffective websites and designs and, and that kind of thing. Um, So you need to know what you're doing. And so if you can turn to somebody like you with your book launch um, business or someone like me who helps people get their book written and, and produced, then you've got somebody with contact and, and the knowledge to put these things together in an effective way.
0: Wow. That's really good. Now, uh, what I'd like to know is, here's one of the questions that we come up with very frequently in terms of when we have people come to us and say they want to start an online business or they have an online business, they want to take their marketing to a whole, whole new level, and we suggest that they need to write a book. So my very first thing is I need to ask you here, Jan, not everybody is a writer or considers themselves a writer. So, how do we get them to write their book?
1: Well, there's this magical device called a recorder. Okay. And so, if you like to write, great. Write, write. If you're comfortable with one of the dictation with the dictation software or something like that, like Dragon Speak or whatever, you can do it that way. You can talk your book into a first draft. If you're not comfortable with that, I wouldn't recommend that you, that you take it up for your book. You can actually have someone interview you for your book. And that's what I like to do, or that's one of the things I offer. Is If somebody has, has an idea or knowledge, we sit down and we have an interview and we talk about what they want to write and who they want to write it for. And we really explore these questions. and then. I'll take the, the results of that interview, which I've recorded, I'll have it transcribed, and I'll, I'll make a first draft of an outline for a book in the range of 25,000 to 45,000 words. So we're not talking about months of work. We're talking about basically a few hours. And then when we get the interview, we'll work together on the, on the, the outline of the book, and then we will just interview all the way through it, a series of questions that that relate to the bullet points in the book. And we have those transcribed. And I'm a longtime editor. I would go through and make it sound like a book instead of a conversation, but still keep the author's words and ideas in it. And then we have a first draft and we can have it edited in the book cover made and all that stuff can happen really quickly. Okay. So that's why I say that the author only puts a few hours into it, because all they have to do is have a conversation, like we're having right now.
0: All right. That's And that's a point that I like to make, and I think there are a few ways to do it, um, one of which is, as you just described, I love your process, and I think that was something that – you may have somebody who potentially reaches out to you today. And the reason I say that is how many people out there who are listening to this? How many people who are listening live, who are, are catching this to our iTunes podcast are thinking, boy, I really need to get this book done, but I'm just always busy with client stuff. I'm always busy with other stuff. And after I do the 12 hours a day in the business, I really just got to have some sort of life. I got to sleep. I got to do something. But I, when am I going to get this book done? And imagine that there is a way that within just a few hours' time, so you could schedule this like you'd schedule, I mean, most of us have coaches. Most of us have masterminds we attend, and we find the three or four hours a month to do that, don't we? So think of this as another coaching appointment. Think of this as another uh, investment in yourself that's going to get you answers. Think in terms of those of you who have virtual assistants, who have a web designer, who have somebody who manages their social media or a publicist, and think that you may be spending... Even if they're doing most of the work for you, you're still spending a good few hours a month with them going over projects, uh, uh, discussing progress, uh, strategizing. So what would be the real big difference by just adding what we're talking about here today on a one, maybe two-time basis, and the result of it is you have a book?
1: And, you know, another aspect of this is that when you put your knowledge into a system the kind of system form that you use to communicate it to somebody else through a book, it can be a revolutionizing new way of looking at what you already know.
0: Okay. Uh, can, you, can you elaborate on it a little bit?
1: Well, you know, when you, when you write a book, you don't just kind of ramble. You know, you sort of coffee with somebody and you just kind of go follow topic to topic. But when you write a book, you have to really think about, okay, what do I tell first and what do I tell second And what's the best way of of putting this information together so that somebody else can make the most out of it? And just the discipline of doing that can give you new insights into what you already know but just haven't put together in that way.
0: Interesting. And this is what I want people to think about is, you could potentially be sitting down and just having a conversation with a business associate, and you could potentially speak out half your book without even thinking, well, hey, I just spoke out half my book because you're having a conversation, you're telling some anecdotal stories, you're sharing some of your key messages, messages uh, some of your key teaching points, and if you could capture all that and have that turned into a manuscript that could be followed, think about how quickly you could be published.
1: Yeah, Indeed.
0: Right, right. Now, um, we are talking about uh, we're talking about non-fiction business books. Is that what we're talking about here?
1: That's what we're talking about. In fact, what we're talking about is kind of even more specific than that. Because if you go to Amazon and you look at business books, there are a lot of them. But yes. we're talking about something that I call a client-attracting book. Some people have called it the mother of all business cards, and some yeah. people call it your, your ultimate client-attraction book. But what it is is specifically um, structured to attract clients and prospects to your business. And I'm not saying that just any old business book does this, doesn't necessarily do this, but it's specifically formatted for that. So it's things like the fact that it has to be self-published. It's things like being on the short side of of books, because you're not writing a textbook. You're writing a very focused book on one particular thing, in a way that attracts clients to you. You put calls to action inside the book that take people to your website for more information and to sign up for your um, for your mailing list. And um, a really kind of extra technique is to use information client stories from complementary businesses who may share your audience but don't do exactly the same thing you do so that those people will be inclined to promote your book when it comes out
0: right and here at uh, HelpMyWebsiteSell.com, we have a, a formula we use for getting your friends to help you promote your your book. It's very easy to do, and it's also very exciting when you get involved in it because it's more like a party than a promotion, which is something you know, that I'm happy to speak with any about, about offline. But uh, what I love is how you narrowed down exactly what type of book we're talking about, and in answering my question, gave us the real purpose This book because even to this day, I see folks in the entrepreneurial space who are reluctant to write a book because they say, well, I'll never make any money that way. I'm going to spend all these hours writing this book and then I'm going to sell like five copies. And even when you point out the obvious, which is that it's not how many copies of the book you sell per se, it's who gets those copies of those books and the authority status that just comes from having published a book that in itself is the game changer right there more than that so what i'd like to do is i kind of like to segue into the various ways that you've seen in your experience that a book will make money for somebody who's published a book so how does a book make money for the person who's published a book
1: well let's say you take your client or a prospective client out for coffee and you're sitting there and you have this conversation about what you can do. And at the end of the conversation, you pull a book out and you autograph it and you hand it to the person. Now, we respect books. I don't know about you, but when I am finished with a book, I don't throw it away. I give it to the goodwill or I give it to somebody else that I – uh, think would enjoy it or something. We are we don't throw books away. You have somebody a business card and you know I'm as guilty of this as the next person, it goes into a desk drawer and then years later I look and say, Oh, that's really interesting. I don't remember when I met that person and, you know, the 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 contact is over. But that book will sit on the corner of their desk calling them to read it for months or even years, and I've, I've heard of an author who wrote a book like this and somebody got in touch with them and said, oh, yeah, I'm just getting in contact with you. I've had my, that book on my desk for a couple of years now, but now I'm finally getting around to, um, to contacting you. Secondly, it makes referrals really easy. You give one copy of your book to your friend or to your client, and you say, hey, here's two more if you know anybody else who needs this. Um, you know, pass this on. And chances are they will. It makes uh, it makes it really easy to get speaking engagements. I just recently talked to somebody who is a Facebook ads expert and a co-author on a book. And she said when she was trying to get speaking engagements, people would just, just weren't interested and she wasn't an author. And so you make, you know, even... Even if you don't have your book published yet, if you just put the author of the forthcoming book, my great business book or whatever, um, at the bottom of your emails, it gives you additional authority. Yes. It's just natural.
0: Of course it is. I I, I couldn't agree with you more. And just to... You know, back up a couple things here that I think you said is you will see, and I see this all the time in masterminds I belong to, discussion groups on LinkedIn and Facebook that I check in with on a regular basis, and the conversation will go on and on and on and on about, hey, look at this design of my business card. Uh, what do you think I should have on the front of my business card? What do you think I should have on the back of my business card? Should the back have my website on it? Should I have all my logos? Where should my headshot be and things like that? And I saw one of these conversations go on for like three hours. Meanwhile, <laughs> in that same amount of time, that person probably could have done what they needed to do to get a book published.
1: <laughs> and
0: and, and let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you something about business cards. Uh, I have a collection of business cards of people I've met at events. I have, uh, I have like uh, like a box of them. Tightly packed in. That's how many I have. And you know the reality is is if I were to pull just a random sample of those cards, I probably would not remember like who seven eighths of those people are, unfortunately. And chances are that the information on those cards will pertain to something that no longer exists because either they're not in that business anymore or their contact information has changed. So if I were to use the information on that card, it wouldn't get me any place.
1: Yeah. So what and value what
0: value is that really? Uh, yeah. About three mm-hmm. months ago, I got in a situation where I was going to be presenting at an event. There were going to be about 150 people in the room, and I realized I was out of business cards. And I could have gone and had some more printed, but then I thought, you know what, I don't need them. I don't need business cards. Because if I'm going to connect with anybody, I'm not going to need some little slip of paper to do it. That's, that's not going to work for me. In fact, I've been you know, going out here in the Las Vegas area. I've been doing a bunch of networking. I, in fact, I have uh, several uh, meetings in the next week, uh, prospective clients I found right here in Las Vegas, just going through my daily travels, doing my thing. And what keeps coming up over and over again, and these are successful business people. These are people who have things going on. They don't have a business card either. It's like uh, sometimes they ask me for mine, and they say, "Well, I don't really have one." And they say, oh, "That's cool. I don't have one either." And so what ends up happening <laughs> is we just simply exchange information right there. Yeah. Because yeah. and and this is this is a phenomenon, and I see with with business cards, and I, I just have to get into this just a little bit more is you know you get you exchange these business cards and what you know what is that it's a business card it's like if you're um it's like if you're in in you're going out and you're looking to date people and you get their phone number big freaking whoop and you know what a phone number is worth I mean about nothing uh, it's uh, you know you you actually succeed when you get something a little bit more than a phone number like you get a date or you get a specific plan to meet up again or something like that but a phone number is just uh, it's, a phone number is like a handshake is all it is it, it's it doesn't guarantee anything it doesn't and promise anything and uh as often as not it's actually sort of a subtle tell-off i know people and this should be telling in it of itself i know people who have two versions of their business card they have the version they give to that handful of people that they really think they could do business with and they have the other version of the business card that they give to everybody else who they would rather not hear from again <laughs> but you tell me, and your years of experience, and your years of experience, Jan. How many people have said, "I need two versions of my book: one for the people I want to JV with, and one for the people I just want to go away"?
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't think of anybody who's ever thought, who's ever told me that.
0: Exactly, but I've heard it many times with business cards. I, I have friends who are graphic designers and they get these types of requests all the time where they actually need not, not one business card design, but they need two business card designs. One for the people they actually want to hear from again and the other for the people they don't. Yeah, that's amazing. It's. I mean, it's. You know, you you look at that, and you know, I just see, and especially in this era of uh, of smartphones, and everybody has a smartphone. Like, uh, what do we? And we all have social media, and we can just add each other. Uh, what do we really need a business card for? But the big business card, the ultimate business card, the ultimate client attraction tool, the book. That's never going to go away.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's print on demand, you don't. You know, once more time. You had to order, you know, if you were self-publishing, you would have these boxes of books that you had to store in your garage or something. Right. But you don't have to do that. So if you're going to um, to an event or you're doing a launch, you can go to a short-run printer and get a lot of books at a reasonable price. And then after that, as you give them out one at a time, you just have them listed on Amazon um, through create space and you can just order five at a time. And the price is, is is exactly their printing costs. So they're not taking any royalties out of it when you buy it right. for yourself. And then you give it away. So let's say that you have to spend and this is gonna be a really high price, but let's say you have to spend ten dollars on a on a business card for That your, is very inflated. Um, That's very prospect. inflated. You're right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so um, you give it to them. That person might be worth thousands, or hundred, or tens of thousands of dollars in future business. And it's a really inexpensive giveaway, especially con- considering the the perceived value in it. So um, you know, so the cost of it is just not it. It's not as bad as people probably think it is when they think, oh, my, I'm going to publish a book and give books away. It, it's kind of a scary idea. Um, but for the, the return on investment is just incredible.
0: That is very true. And another point I want to make is, as many of our listeners know, in 2013, in fact, right about two years ago from now, I moved from Pennsylvania to Las Vegas, Nevada. I donated all of my furniture in Pennsylvania. I donated to a transitional housing shelter for families in need of housing. Uh, they have this big, uh, this big mansion that they bought and they have it subdivided into little apartments for people in transitional housing. And I gave all my furniture to them so they could furnish one of those units because I didn't want to ship that with me. Uh, I got rid of most of my clothing, uh, most of my possessions. I sold a bunch of stuff and, uh, But I will tell you one thing that I did not donate or give away and that I did send to Las Vegas to meet me here. And it took up almost my entire moving budget was my library. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When you walk into my home office, the first thing you see as you walk in the door is you see three bookshelves lined up four deep and they're filled with books. And two of the shelves are designated specifically for books written by people I know personally.
1: Mm, and I, yeah. and
0: those shelves are full.
1: And unlike your business cards, your box of business cards, when you pick up one of those books, you know what that person is about. You and know I, what they do, you know what's important to them. And if you read them, you know their personality.
0: Right. Yeah. That, that that's the, That's the other great thing. And, like, if I'm going to go out on my balcony with a cigar or something like that, I'll come in the office here and I'll just – Sometimes I'll just reach out at random and I'll grab a book and just—I may not read the whole thing, and it's probably a book I've already read because I've read all the books on my bookshelf. But I may just read a chapter of it, or I may just skim through it, or I may say, "Hey, I remember that. Uh, oh, look at this. Here's Jan Baer's book. I haven't read this thing in a while. Uh, you know, she said something. I think it was on page 81. I'd like to read that again. And I'll just go and I'll and I'll sit out there and I'll flip through, through until I find that thing that you that I thought I remembered you wrote that I thought was very interesting and I will just keep skimming until I find it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, with your with your book you can make a longer case for what you've for what you do. Right. So you go out to coffee with a prospective client and you maybe talk for an hour or so and it's a really interesting conversation. But then they're not sure, or they don't want to make a decision right now, and so you hand them this book, and the book can continue to speak for you at their time, at their leisure, in a way that they don't feel pressured by, and they have they have you sitting in their office with them, and you can continue to talk to them through your book.
0: right i know I know exactly what you're what you're saying here and uh i mean let's just look at and you know the thing is i try and keep these episodes evergreen and the fact is what i'm about to say is going to be pretty much an evergreen concept i mean right now we're in 2015 but you know you could be listening to this in the year 2023 and it'll probably make the same sense have you noticed that we have all these candidates for president of the united states and every single one of them either does or is about to have a book published
1: yeah, that's been really interesting. I don't, I don't think that happened, you know, when I first started voting. I don't think everybody who ran for office had to have a book, but it sure seems to be, um, sure seems to be something they they definitely have to do now.
0: Right. I I caught up with this phenomenon around 2006 when I was still living in Pennsylvania, and uh, this was uh 2006 was the year of our gubernatorial election, and this is where um. Lynn Swan was running for governor and what struck me when I went to his website is he had a book for sale. So I bought the book and you know what the book was? It was basically just his program. Yeah. You can, you know, for those of us who are listening to uh, the business creators radio show who follow what's going on in the news or in their social media feed about the election. And they are for some reason shocked or surprised by anything that Donald Trump says or does or believes in, uh, do you realize he wrote all this down and published it four years ago? The book, the book, <laughs> no, is, the book but... is called A Time to Get Tough. He published this uh-huh. four years ago. He's just simply going off that playbook. This is not new. His, his, his yeah. platform and his beliefs and his plan for what he wants to do for this country to make America great again were published four years ago. And they, mm-hmm. uh, although although the cover of the book, the subtitles make America number one again. They change the tagline ever so slightly. But this has been around for a while. This should be a surprise to exactly nobody who knew that that book was out there.
1: And you know, you're hitting on something that, that's really important because it's also becoming more and more common for entrepreneurs and professionals and small business owners to write these books. Right. And something that starts off as being Outside and extra, eventually ends up being baseline and required. Right. So, in other words, you know, you you're you're at one place and you stand out by writing a book in a good way. You come, you go a little bit further down the line, and all of a sudden you stand out in a bad way because you don't have a book. Right. Because everybody has a book, but even though there's all that competition for writing books you're also differentiating your audience by writing a book so you know let's say you're a financial planner and you write a book about how young families can plan for their future well all of a sudden you have set yourself apart from all the financial planners who do you know middle-aged people and and planning for retirement and all that these are this is for young families with kids Uh and how they can can build their financial stability. So you're different from all those others. And so even even if all those others have books, your book is still standing out as something that sets you apart from the crowd.
0: That's very true. Uh, I would like to point out that there are many financial advisors out there, especially, who don't have books published because they – go through enough agony with their compliance department just getting approval to have a website in the first place, much less any of the content that's written on it. But I'm here to tell you that it is absolutely possible. You just got to push back. You can get a book published. I know several financial advisors who have published books. And really what the books are is their philosophy and their approach to investing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they'll they'll yeah. yeah they'll they'll fill it with some great anecdotal stories about themselves. Maybe uh, some you know, great stories about a few of their clients. I mean, these books tend to have a very family type feel to them. But the fact is, they are great books, and and I've seen car dealerships do this too, where the owner of the car dealership. I can't remember the name of this dealership. I think it's somewhere up in Hamilton, Ontario or something like that. We covered this on a Hangout I did about three years ago. So I'm remiss that I don't remember the name of the dealership. But the owner of the dealership published a book called Our Commitment to Service or something like that. It was was a title similar to that where basically what they did is they just wrote a book about their beliefs in effective customer service. Yeah, and they made they made sure that everybody who came into their lot got a copy of this book. Now the book yeah. itself, uh, I remember the person holding it up on a camera and flipping through it. Uh, I think it was like seventy-five pages or something like that, and it was all big type. There really wasn't a whole lot in that book, but the fact that this person who owns this car dealership published a book—they're probably the only car dealership in town who's published a book. Yeah. Who would you buy your
1: car and, from? Yeah, it really and seventy five pages sounds really small. But how much do you want to read about a about a car dealership's commitment to service? Seventy five pages probably really adequately covers it. Right. And so you don't have to feel like you have to write a four hundred page book. Um, it's actually not going to be helpful to write something that's just too long and too um, too broad focused to to be, to really connect with your audience. And so it's one more argument for for the idea that shorter books are more effective in this this kind of work that we're talking about.
0: Yes. Yeah, and and uh, and and Jan speaking as the upcoming author of the book You Have Your Website Now What, which is our working title. Uh we're not planning for that to be a very long book because we're only looking to answer the question You have a website now what.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm.
0: and and that book is slanted towards because I'm you know I'm looking at some of the draft materials we have that are actually on my desk right in front of me right now. The purpose of the book is slanted toward getting people to write their own books and create their own information products.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Right. And you know, with eBooks, eBooks have kind of led the way in shortening the amount of the amount of copy you get because really. What authors are finding out, even the ones who want to sell more copies of their books, who make their money by selling copies, what they find out is that shorter books sell more, and more books sell the other books. So there is nothing to stop an entrepreneur from writing more than one book, and and using that to leverage, um, to leverage more and more authority through their, through their writing.
0: Right. Yeah. That that yeah. So I wanted to make that point. I wanted to see your thoughts on it, and it sounds to me like we have a certain level of agreement that you don't have to write necessarily War and Peace, and you don't have to write a novel. Uh, I, I will tell you that I love getting books that I can read in an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know why? Because it takes me about yeah. an hour to have a cigar. Yeah. And if I yeah. can read it, I, if I can read that book in an hour and I gain enough out of that book that it impels me to take action or compels me to take action then that's been a valuable experience for me and plus in an, you know if it's a short read I'm going to get through it a lot faster and I'm going to get a lot more of the value
1: Mhm. And I read something recently and I, my mind doesn't keep footnotes very well but the ten the tendency now is that novels Especially fantasy novels tend to be longer, and the informational books tend to be shorter, right. which makes perfect sense. Because when you read a a novel, you're in it for the experience, and when you're reading um, when you're reading nonfiction, you're in it for the information, and you can you can narrow down your topic to the point that people know exactly who it is that you're going to help and what they're going to get out of it. So I wrote a book called um, Target Marketing for Authors, and it explained why authors need to know who their target market is and what it means and how you research it and how it helps your book. It's about 82 pages long, and that's about all that needed to be said on it because it's a really narrow topic. And if I just kind of went on and on for 200 pages about that, it wouldn't be as useful.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because – now, here's what I'd like to do is I actually have a couple questions from the audience uh, who knew that you were going to be on the Business Creators Radio Show today who emailed me in advance. And I have – and usually I don't mention their names unless they ask me to mention their names because I like to keep this evergreen. I like to keep this classic. Uh, But here uh, is a question from somebody. Uh, This is somebody I know personally who's saying – well, yeah, I keep hearing that I need to write a book, but uh, you know, do you know how much creativity that's going to take? Uh, I'm going to need a year to do that.
1: Well, you know, that is, that is the problem. A lot of people kind of doubt their own abilities because they are themselves and they don't realize the value of what they have. Right. And I was just talking to a woman recently who's got a degree in engineering and a degree in physics, and she's been... She's been playing around in the field of green building stuff. And she was so excited and so interested in what she's talking about. I said, you should start a blog. Oh, I'm not an expert. And I said, you know, if you're, if you're learning to drive, you don't go to the top driving coach in the world who teaches the race car drivers how to drive. You go to somebody who's a little better than you are. Right. because." You know, if I'm if I'm a teenager and I'm learning to drive, the guy who trains the the race car drivers isn't really going to be able to help me, and I'm not going to be able to make the best use of what he has to give. So what I need is a sensible, responsible adult, possibly who's not too connected to me, so he doesn't get so emotionally upset when I make a wrong turn or something, but just somebody who knows how to drive, and I've heard it said that to the kindergartner, the second grader is God. And, you know, when you know kids, you know that's true. And so all you have to do is, you know, be honest about what you know, but also what you know, you know. Right. And so you write this book with your experience, your stories, your expertise, what you've learned along the way so that you're reaching a hand back down the ladder and pulling the next person up behind you. You don't have to be the greatest expert in the world, as if there is any such thing. You only have to to tell what you know. And so the creativity and the expertise, you know, part of the creativity would be having somebody else to help organize your book for you. And then if all they're doing is asking you questions through the book, then you can just kind of go off. You're not, you're not, being, you're not being anything you think of as create, creative at the time. Um, but it really is. I mean, just between you and me and all those people listening to us, we'll keep uh-huh. it a secret. That really is creative. But you don't have to think of it that way because it's kind of an intimidating concept.
0: Right, right, What you yeah what you really want to do here, everybody is you want to keep this this is just strictly between us. don't be going off telling your friends this one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, so this has all been very great so far, and uh, you know, I do have one other question from the audience uh, here, which I'd like to like see uh, like your thoughts on here is I have somebody asking, Do I need to have a large mailing list to sell my book?
1: Well, you know, obviously a large mailing list will help. Let me tell you about a book launch uh, that was happened just last, um, just a few months ago. There's this guy, Josh Turner, who specializes in LinkedIn marketing. Right. And I, you know, I don't know what kind of authority he was in his in his field before he got started, but he did a brilliant book launch, and he sent out. What he did was he offered to send a free print copy of his book to everyone who bought the ebook online at a price that would cover the print cost, the print, um, the print production costs. And so you yeah. got the ebook for three ninety nine, and he said, buy it. You know, buy it during the pre-sale period so that all of those books will hit, um, so all those sales will hit in the first week of the launch. He drove his book up to number seven on the Wall Street Journal uh, bestseller list. And, you know, if you've got something like that and you've got people to help you promote it, you, can, you don't necessarily have to have a big list. So if you've, if you've done it well, you know, you send something like that to me, and I say, hey, there's this guy who's got, giving away this, this LinkedIn book, um, and, and all you have to do is, is buy the e-book. And that kind of thing spreads around, Um, And so, you know, I'm not saying that everybody with a list of 25 is going to be able to pull off number seven on the Wall Street Journalist. But what I am saying is that by leveraging what you have, and being smart about it, you can do things that will frankly amaze yourself.
0: Right. I remember when Josh Turner did that a few months ago, and he's very much an up-and-comer. I have a client who's working with him right now and getting some great results with him, and uh, and that's just a name that you're starting to see all over the place, particularly within the past year, and it has, in my opinion, a lot to do with that launch that he did. Uh, we have people in our own family here at HelpMyWebsiteSell.com who have gone from being completely obscure to being a name that you hear all the time simply because they created and published a book. Yeah. And you you don't have to order 500 copies anymore. What we still see is one of the most effective techniques – for launching your business book is to do the promotion where you have 500 copies available and you're giving them away for free. All you have to do is pay the shipping and handling. Uh, you can still use the line, and yeah, I got 500, I got this box of 500 books, and once they're gone, they're gone. But the fact is, you know what everybody's doing is uh, whatever orders they get that day, at the end of the day, they enter them in space and ship them out.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and and that's a good way to do it. But if you know that you've got a place to, to give away five hundred copies, you can save yourself money by going to a short run printer. But um, but you know, there's no reason to have to store them in your garage anymore. Right. So um, yeah.
0: Right. That's that's very true, and especially if you do plan to hand a few out at conferences and events or just when you're meeting with people as your giant business card and ultimate client attraction toll, then, you know, order 500, do a short print run, and then if you don't give all of them away during your promotion, and you just have those the, that handful you had to order anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will give them away from their website. They'll say, you know, this book is free. Um, Author, I can't remember his first name. He just recently did a launch for a book, and he said, you know, if you buy my book, I'll give you, um, I'll give you a free, a free, free ebook of my earlier bestseller, and I'll give you this, you know, this report, and I'll give you um, early access to a to a new newsletter I'm giving out, and just a lot of stuff that he was giving as a bonus for buying the book. Which again pushes it up the seller, you know, pushes up the sales ranks, and also um, makes it something that people really want. There's a woman who's written a book about um, about procrastination. Right. Uh, oh, seven habits of writers. I can't remember anyway. So you can buy the book on Amazon. You can buy the ebook on Amazon at a really good price, or you can go to her website and buy the digital, buy the PDF, and get a bunch of reports and extra materials, um, you know, for like $37 or something like that. And it's enough to make it worthwhile to you. But the thing is, this digital stuff doesn't cost basically anything for the downloads. I mean, yeah, you have to create it, but once you've created it, it's it's kind of free for you. But it's valuable to your people. And so you can do packages of of things to go with your book or make your book part as a part of a package. If you've got coaching clients, you can give them a book as part of the as part of uh, joining your, your coaching program or whatever. So, you know, it depends on who you are and what you offer and who your audience is and what's valuable to them. So you can't just say, oh, do this and do this and do this. But there's so many things that you can do through your book that um, that it's just kind of dizzying to think about it.
0: Right, it is very dizzying to think about all the opportunities you're you're going to have. So, um, so really, um, what you're you know, I'd like to go back a little bit to this whole issue of the length of the book. So, have you found? that uh, you know, people have done extremely well with a, a, a book that really is only like 75 pages because here's what I want our audience to hear is that if you do a book that's only 75 pages, you could potentially write that yourself today.
1: That's true. That's true. Well, you know, you just gave me the example of somebody who did extremely well with 75 pages right. who's a car dealer um, in uh, – in Ontario. Right. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at Josh Turner's book. It's 168 pages, which it's not a long book. 168 you know, pages
0: a, isn't much. If you read a page a minute, you got that thing done in 3
1: hours. And you know, the thing about it is it needs to be wide enough at the spine for the for the title to fit. Right? I mean that's it. That is the bottom limit on your pages. Make it wide enough at the spine for the title to fit so that when you slip it in a bookshelf it has it has something to look at from the back. That's you know, how practical is that? I and mean, it's not about you know, you don't want to write more than the content fits. Right. Um, but you also don't have to be obligated to pad the thing until it's so large that until it's large enough that it's you know two inches wide or whatever
0: yeah yeah i'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this if you know there are book- there are books that i've um read uh by some leading online marketing authorities that were like 250 300 pages i couldn't make heads or tails out of them because they just rambled on it's, yeah. like, it's like it's like I'm, I'm thinking that they were just rambling to fill X number of pages, so they could fit it, so they could fit it into a cover design or something like that. And while in many cases, and actually, you know what? Rather than me say it. I'm going to ask you your thoughts on it. To what extent is a book judged by its cover?
1: Oh, entirely. the cover, the cover sells the book. Right. That is, I mean, it is so important to have a good cover. People do judge a book by its cover. You know, I think that saying, that people don't judge a book by its cover, came up um, back before they had, you know, leather-bound books with the title on the front. That's That would be it. If the cover is worn out or something, the content of the book is still what it is. But we do judge books by its cover, and I think that it's perfectly valid to do that because a bad cover indicates that the author didn't know what they that the author, the one who created this book, didn't know what they were doing or didn't care enough to get it done right or something like that. And if it's a bad cover, it seems to be a pre pretty, pretty good bet that it's not going to be a very good book. Right. And so, you know, a good cover with a good designer is going to cost a chunk of money. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 300 to $500 to $700. It's, it's worth it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, five to $700 is not really that big an investment when you think about it. Because uh, if, if you get one client as a result of somebody having picked up your book out of 20 books they could have picked up, you should more than pay for that. I mean, if you actually, if you spend $700 on a book cover and you actually get, have to get more than one client to cover that cost, uh, you have two things going on. Number one, you need to raise your rates and number two, you need to stop doing such little stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, but like you say, it's not that big of an investment, but some people look at it and they kind of get sticker shock at it. But, um, you know, the other thing is professional editing and um you know you just you want you want another pair of eyes to go through it and and because you get too close the author gets too close to the writing um especially if it's somebody who's actually writing it themselves and not and not doing the interview technique if you do the interview technique and you read it you would it wouldn't be that familiar to you but if you write it yourself it's too familiar you don't you don't know what you're leaving out. You don't know um, what you've put in there that's not necessary. You just really need somebody else to look at it. So right. good editing is important too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and and the thing and the thing is, and this is what I tell people all the time, especially when we write copy for them, is you know I'll, I'll usually have somebody on my end read it over, but um, I want my clients to review the stuff we create because. What happens is when you're doing your own creative, whether you're designing your own book cover or you're writing your own content or what have you, is you get what's known as the white line syndrome. Like if you're driving along on the road and suddenly everything looks the same. So you see what your Mm -hmm. mind believe should be there, but that may be different from what really is there. That's why we have it happen where uh, people launch websites, and then five months later uh, their designers get these, these furious phone calls saying, do you see that typo that's on the, uh, on the second part of the about page? Why didn't you catch that? <laughs> And and and, oh, and, yeah, and 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 people sometimes publish books and then they get somebody to say, Hey, you know, on page sixty four, uh, on page sixty four you do have a typo. Uh, you have the word two spelled as ought. And now every time somebody makes that suggestion, I found you know ninety nine percent of the cases that is also followed by, by the way, I'm an editor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I heard a funny story and I can't remember the parties in it, but it's like one of these these authors from 400 years ago he wrote yeah. to another one and he said oh by the way I found an error in your book but to torment you I won't tell you what it is I love that,
0: I love that, <laughs> I'll take that cool. thanks, alright, so uh, we are That's... actually at the top of the hour here, it's so great when we have fun with these, so first of all Jan Bear of uh, Jan Bear of Author Impact Publishing, thank you so much for being with us and what I'd like to do is just turn over the stage for just one minute and tell us how people can get in contact with you and if you have anything for us.
1: Um, well, you can, you can email me at Jan at authorimpactpublishing.com. And on my website, there's, um, there's a, a blog post about why you would want um, to, to self-publish, why self-publishing might be the best, um, the best answer for you as an independent business person. And I think that, uh, I think that could really help make some decisions about what you're getting into and how you want to go forward with it.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding. So everybody listening, this is, uh, this is Jan Baer of Author Impact Publishing. Again, thank you very much. It's been not only an honor, but an education.
1: Thank you. It's been a really fun conversation.
0: And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time.